0: You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM. You're very welcome to the best possible taste with me, Sharon Noonan, here on West Limerick 102 FM. Cannot believe we're at the end of July already and well in the throes of barbecue season. So tonight we have a wonderful barbecue treat in store for you in the form of John Relihan. John is a Kerry man, having grown up in Dua. He's senior sous chef at Jamie Oliver's barbecue restaurant in London, Barbacoa, And he's a very interesting story to tell about his career and how it's bringing him back to the, for the Dua summer Festival and barbecue in August. We also have an interview with a Cork lady now living in Dallas, Texas and how she's enjoying a career promoting all that is good about Ireland. Geraldine reports from the Kingdom and our first interview tonight is with nutritionist Sinead Dundan from Mosquito. Before I tell you more, a reminder of how to make contact with the show. You can drop me an email s.noonan at live.ie or tweet me at Queen of Org which is short for organisation. Please get in touch with because we love to hear what you think about the show as well as receiving your tips in the kitchen, favourite recipes and reviews. We have looked at diet and nutrition in the past and tonight we're going to focus in on a specific area, namely if you and your partner are thinking about or planning or even trying to have a baby. Nutritionist Sinead Dundon from Mosquito is here to give advice about your diet.
1: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up.
0: Delicious. Mmm. Sinead Dundan, Food for Life Naturally, is with me in studio now and we're going to talk about nutrition whenever you're trying to get pregnant. Welcome, Sinead. Thank you very much. Thank you. Tell me, how important is nutrition pre-conception?
2: Nutrition is very important pre-conception. Uh, it's essential to make sure that you are the best Uh, stage that you're at yourself uh, because technically you're a baby factory you're creating a new little human being so you need to have all the raw materials to make a baby it's like uh, my children play with lego you need all the different colored bricks if you're trying to make something it's the same with a little person or fantastic little human being that's been created you need all these little tiny little trace nutrients uh, to make a, a human being so it's important that you have all these things ready and that they're being supplied throughout the full term of the pregnancy and again afterwards as the baby's being uh, as the brain is developing throughout uh, the postnatal and kind of as they're, they're into their little crawling rounds, the brain still develops so it's important that uh, constantly you're getting good nutrition and the same in adulthood as well too
0: and this applies to the man and to the woman
2: Exactly, the man as well, provides uh, half of the chromosomes for the the uh, blueprint for the child, so again, the better the photocopy uh, is made of these genes or the chromosomes uh, the more information is passed through so the better quality they are the better replicated they are and the more um, true to the the the, the uh, true to, to to the quality of the the child is going to be born as well too uh, but it just means that um, you, you're getting the best chance for the child coming through so let's look at the
0: mother-to-be first and nutrition for her and supplements like what should you be eating
2: Uh, A balanced diet is important and people do have kind of the idea that you're eating for two, But it's more that we should be eating quality food. It's not just saying, well I'm pregnant I can eat whatever I want. No, we need to still be aware of the quality of the food we're eating and eating nutrient dense foods. Quite a lot of the food we eat at the moment is calorie dense but it's nutrient dense foods uh, with a wide variety of multi-nutrients, multivitamins um, uh, all your different nutrients that you'd actually need for, uh, all the different nutrients you'd need for the baby. Um, So again, if there's deficiencies, these need to be addressed uh, especially zinc both for male and the female uh, zinc is essential and this has been shown to be uh, a problem sometimes with um, um, unfortunately miscarriages it can be due to zinc also um, sperm if it's not having zinc it can be malformed so that's essential that's there Um, in your food it's essential but a supplement is around 30 milligrams per day if somebody was to supplement it Uh, occasionally people's tummies aren't working properly Um, with zinc zinc creates your stomach acid and it becomes a kind of uh, a circle that if you don't have enough zinc you can't make your stomach acid you can't break down the food so there is a form of zinc which is goes under the tongue it's sublingual and that's a very good form to get in so if somebody's lacking in zinc they might get little white spots in their nails uh, but poor taste so they might be putting too much salt in their dinner poor taste uh, poor thirst uh, different um, little symptoms like that as well too or um, greying hair can sometimes be a sign of zinc deficiency Uh, that's important to uh, top up as well too selenium is another one that's actually uh, quite essential as well too that's a an antioxidant but uh, being lacking in that um Can have other problems in the system as well too as an antioxidant it protects against free radical damage free radical I explain it like uh, exhaust fumes so your body's producing these constant uh, exhaust fumes so to neutralise these we need our antioxidants so selenium would be one of these as well too again uh, it protects the DNA as it's growing so as it's replicating we need that Uh, again sperm if it's not created properly again it can be through a lack of selenium as well so that's essential for both male and female and it's one of the new is lacking in a lot of the foods it comes from whole grains uh, but from the crops uh, that are being grown in grounds that are, are earth that's uh, nutrient depleted we're lacking in it and uh, it's one of the the nutrients that's kind of they're concerned about as well too so uh, it's essential to have it so supplementing that would be around 100 micrograms uh, of that for both male and female as well too would be essential and is selenium, selenium found in nuts it would be brazil nuts exactly yeah, you'd find it in that as well too but it's selenium that's grown in Uh, the earth that is rich in selenium so as Brazil notes sometimes from Europe may not have this selenium in them as well too so again it it depends on where they come from Okay so zinc
0: and selenium
2: particularly for the female Female and for the male as well too um, essential as well uh, also essential fatty acids are uh, essential for it again it's, it's it's people consider fat to be nearly a four-letter word and you're kind of afraid of it but it's essential for uh, the child as it's growing uh, if somebody's getting dry hair dry skin they can be um, lacking in essential fatty acids somebody's getting pms or pmt it can be again a sign that you're lacking in the essential fatty acids uh, so they're important to have um, throughout uh, any stage in life but also in pregnancy as well as important and that would be fish. Fish oils, but also your... Um, some of your uh, um, your vegetable sources oils as well too. Any of your seeds and nuts will have oils as well too. But uh, fish oils are essential for that as well too. So your cod liver oil would have a certain amount of A and D. Again, with um, pregnancy, vitamin A um, can be sometimes high quantities of it can be a contraindicated, but it depends on the person themselves. Some people can be lacking in vitamin A. Some people can be quite high. So again... I have different ways of of figuring that out as well too with people. So again, it's an individual basis. Some people do need supplementation, but some people don't. So it can be, you know, hard to know in some cases. So if somebody
0: comes to you and they're wanting to get pregnant, what is the process that they would go through what sort
2: of questions would you ask them I have a, a questionnaire which I would do which goes into a background check um, I consider myself to be a health investigator so I try to look for the causes of something as opposed to just sticking a plaster on something uh, most cases now people are leaving it to later to have children so they don't have the luxury of time on their hands so we need to find out what the cause is of the problem and investigate it straight away um, there can be different issues some people it's stress uh, but what's causing this stress Um, To bring our stress levels back down, if you think of a pond that's all ripples, um, to try and get it back to a calm surface again, you don't throw in stones. You kind of figure out where the problem is. Is there a duck splashing around in it. Get rid of this duck and then the the body will achieve homeostasis or back to balance level again too, or the pond will kind of relax and calm down and your surface will be smooth again. So you need to figure out what's causing these ripples, what's causing this disturbance and take that out. with Stress. Um, there there's so many things that cause stress for us at the moment as well. If we're uh, not getting enough sleep, too much sleep, smoking, um, you know, work, there's an awful lot of things that are causing stress. So that the calmer we are, the better, as we say, our systems are for, for being like this baby factory to create a new child as well.
0: So obviously stress is something that you should try to avoid, but there must be other foods that you shouldn't have either.
2: Um, to avoid, you would... What I do is the the blood type diet, which gives you an idea of what foods are good for you. So one man's feast is another man's poison. So what could be right for one person may be wrong for somebody else. So a lot of people do allergy tests uh, and figure out what's wrong for them as well, too. I can't do dairy or wheat, doesn't agree with myself or my son, but my other son loves it and it suits him fine. So it's it's finding what's right for your system. So, uh, again, people with celiac disease is another issue that the tummy isn't. Absorbing the nutrients in, so you're starting off from a, a depleted or deficient Position, so you need to actually make sure that the, um, you can actually avoid any uh, allergens or the wheat in that case or any other things that can make people, uh, can, can stress the system. So some people it's dairy, some people it's kiwi. There's a lot of different things that are, are causing more allergies and it's becoming more of a, of a problem for people at the moment. So this can cause more stress in the system and uh, avoiding these then just lets the system come back into more calm. Uh, I don't do allergy testing as such. I do blood type diet and I find that it gives you more confidence in what to eat. A lot of the allergy testing tells you, you can't have this, you can't have that. And I've had people come into me going like, I'm nearly too scared to try different foods because I can't have this, but what can I try instead? Whereas I find um, the blood type or the genotype diet tells you, well, this is beneficial for you. This is avoid. This, when you're feeling better, you can try as well too, just avoid it for the time being. And it just gives that people confidence to eat different things because...
0: So does that mean that if I'm such and such blood type and Geraldine is the same blood type that we can eat the same things. Is,
2: is that is that what that blood type yeah, diet is about? it would be. It would be my, my blood type is O, non-secretor. Uh, so O's would be more eating meat, eating more protein. Uh, whereas an A blood type, one of my sons, would be more vegetarian type, but more including fish, including a bit more dairy. So certain things would work for different people, but it it's kind of works on your physiology. Uh, a no blood type would have bigger... higher amounts of stomach acid so they're able to tolerate more meat whereas somebody with a lower stomach acid can't break down these foods properly a lot of people are taking cider vinegar to increase their stomach acid but sometimes your stomach acid shouldn't be that high it's naturally at a lower level uh you're not designed to break down these foods as well too so it depends on your physiology as well as uh it depends on your makeup and different things that you can eat to suit you have different requirements So a couple then
0: that are trying or thinking about having a baby, if they go to you, that's the sort of test you would start off with?
2: It would be. It would be because uh, it just gives people confidence in what to eat, uh, different guidelines, because you can get different nutrients from different foods. But if this particular food is going to cause you an issue or cause bloating or burping, you're not going to be inclined to eat it. You just need alternatives. And that's what it provides in confidence. Well, Shania, thanks for coming in tonight to talk about that.
0: You have a web address that you want to share with the listeners? Yep, yeah, it's uh, foodforlife.ie. Cheers. Chin Chin.
1: Salud. Schleiter.
0: Sinead returns next week to talk about what you should be eating when you've achieved the pregnancy and we look forward to welcoming her back to the show. It's time for the interview with Kerry Mann, John Relihan now. John has a great story to tell about how his chefing career took off and how it has been influenced by Jamie Oliver, who's not only his employer and mentor, but also his friend. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. John, tell us when you first realised you had an interest in cooking.
3: Um, Probably back in uh, when I was in primary school, actually, um, because my mother was uh, working a lot of hours. Um, So basically what I was doing was coming home from school and I started cooking for her, um, just getting the the basic dinner ready, really, Um, when I was really young, probably about seven or eight, um, just doing some simple cooking, whether it was just sausages in a pan or something. Um, And throughout the time, I went off to secondary school. Um, I did some home economics uh, cooking there um, and grew a big passion for it there as well.
0: Was that an um, Abbey Field that you went to school? In,
3: yeah, I went to the vocational in Abbey um, Yeah, um, and then within that time, I was working back in Aloes Bar and Bistro, which is in Lestole, um, So I started working there, uh, doing a summer job um, and also working with my uncle doing landscaping. Um, so it was uh, it was quite interesting, going to school and still so working in the restaurant as well. Um, just very simple, basic stuff, whether it was a salad section. Um, but I, I knew that that was that it from there, really, that I wanted to be a chef, because um, there's a lot of creativity behind it, and it's enjoyable, um, and it's a lovely profession to have as well.
0: Well, that was certainly one of the best restaurants in Kerry that you cut your teeth in.
3: It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was Armel White and um, Helen back there. Uh, I remember my first interview with the the two of them um, back in the day, which was uh, quite nervous because I never had my interview before. Uh, I was quite young as well; I was like 15, um, 14, 15 when I asked uh, for them for the job, and they gave me the opportunity to go in there. Um, so I was working after school every day and doing my studies and everything like that. Um, but it was it was one of the best restaurants, yeah for sure. Um, Yeah.
0: And you did your leave insert?
3: Um, I did. Yeah. Um, I finished my leave insert. um, And then once I was finished there around that time, I was actually applied to uh, London to Jamie's restaurant uh, 15. Um, Within the time, I just wanted to kind of move out of Ireland as well and um, just travel a little bit as well. Um, And a good opportunity came up in London um, with Jamie um, so I applied and done a few trips back and forth, back and forth to Ireland. And, uh, then I got into 15, um, to work there and it's quite honoured to get in there as well, especially coming from the war and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was good.
0: Now you better explain to the listeners what 15 is. I know what it is and some of them might be familiar with it, but for those that, that don't and have maybe never heard of it, just explain to them what Jamie Oliver's 15
3: is. Um, so basically, uh, Jamie Oliver's 15, it's a restaurant that was set up by Jamie um, back in 2002. Um, and what it does is it takes uh, young, privileged people off the streets um, within London and all around the country as well um, to train them up to become chefs um, of the future. They're given about a year and a half of uh, training, which is pretty intense. Um, they'll send you to college. Uh, you'll also be working in the restaurant, um, and you'll have all your exams, full exams and everything. Um, within that time as well, what they do is they, they look after the people working there as well, all the students. Um, they send them on field trips. They send them to Italy, to Spain, um, to educate them on um, what good produce is, all fresh produce, um, how to make olive oil, how to make wine um, and everything. Um, I have a lot of friends within it that uh, used to be, uh, not so lucky as I was, actually, uh, back in the day where they were around London. They didn't have any job. They didn't have any education. Um, and a few of them right now, they're doing absolutely amazing for themselves. They have their own house and cars. Um, and they're working full time um, in a profession that they love as well. Um, so, yeah, it's an amazing course to be involved with.
0: And whenever you finish that, you actually did a few other things with Jamie Oliver.
3: Um, I did, yeah. Um, Once I finished uh, 15 and my my whole training, um, basically I got um, a scholarship to fly to America for four years. So I left um, the UK and I went to San Francisco to work at a restaurant called Encanto, which is a very old-style Italian restaurant where they used to use a lot of offal and used the whole animal um, in this restaurant, and we used to cure all our own meats. So I moved there for four years to live in San Francisco. And it was just the the time of my life, really. Um, The weather, the people, the culture and the food, um, everything around it was amazing. um, And learned so much from there. Um, After that, then I moved back uh, to the UK, uh, worked at a restaurant called um, St. John's, which is Fergus Henderson. And he's uh, a well-known chef here in London um, for awful and for what he does. Um, So it was quite great really um i wouldn't have got there without fifteen of course because um, they were all contacts through Jamie as well um which was great
0: and you're working now in Jamie's barbecue steakhouse
3: i am um i'm working at a restaurant called barbecoa which is next to Saint Paul's here in london um and it's a barbecue steak restaurant um and it's a basically we base the restaurant on fire so we only cook on charcoal and wood um, and we got lots of different types of equipment here, from wood oven to Japanese robotic grills to Indian tandoor to smokers to Argentine grills. So the amount of equipment we have in the kitchen is um quite special and unique to have it um within a restaurant as well and especially in London in central london
0: and Tell me what 's Jimmy Oliver like in real life? He seems um, really lovely on the on the t v what's he What's he yeah. like as a person? Um,
3: Jamie is an absolutely uh, fantastic guy. Um, I know him quite personally and quite lucky to know him as well. And he's a good friend. Um, he's a very caring guy. Um, he looks after everybody. Um, you know, it's, he's he's just a, a very unique guy. You know, he's he's there for everybody um, and always there to listen as well. So he's a, yeah, he's a very very good guy.
0: Lots of energy.
3: Lots of energy, lots of enthusiasm. Um, He probably doesn't sleep. He's a very, very hard worker. He's up uh, at all hours and going to bed at all hours. Um, Very creative, uh, lovely person to work with, as in the kitchen as well. Um, Just changing dishes and coming up with fresh ideas um, for the new menus or throughout the day. Um, Just getting in some special ingredients and stuff and just playing on it. Um, He's a very inspiring guy to work with.
0: And in two thousand and two, he actually nominated you to carry the Olympic torch. How did that make you feel?
3: Yeah, just a, a, a few years ago, um, two thousand and twelve, um, to take the, the Olympic torch for the London Olympics was absolutely amazing. Um, never done anything like it in my life, um, of course. And uh, yeah, it was my my whole family came over to to London for the weekend, um, and of course, to run with the Olympic torch was quite an honour as well. Um, with thousands and thousands of people around you cheering you on it's it's quite a good thing um, but basically I ran it for 15 restaurant as well um, so it was quite an honor to run it for 15 restaurant, Um for a charity that means a lot to myself and a lot to many other people over here as well um, but yeah we ran high with it and uh, it was a great weekend.
0: And there's going to be lots of people cheering you on I'd say on the 9th and 10th of August whenever you come home to Doua. Well,
3: well, I hope so. Um I'm I'm really excited to come back uh to do this as well with the war. Um it, I came back last year to do the gathering in the war village and um I made a promise that I would come back and cook cuz all I did was uh a ribeye steak and a beer can chicken, which was enough to feed a few people. But I would love to feed everybody in the village.
0: And you've um, promised to feed everybody in the village at their summer festival and barbecue.
3: Exactly. So I have more food that's going to feed uh, Cork and Limerick and Kerry put together, I think. Um, so I have an awful lot of food coming back and it's, it's going to be an amazing weekend. I'm so excited for it. Um, there's a guy helping me out as well um, called Brendan O'Connor, um, Barbecue Joe's. And he has some amazing barbecue rigs um, that he uses for his own festivals and stuff as well. Um, so what we're doing is on the weekend, we're setting up um, the barbecue area around the war Village, in around the school area. We got all of that. And we'll have markets out through, throughout the weekend. We're going to be cooking from Friday afternoon to be getting ready for Saturday. Um, we're going to be cooking um, on charcoal and wood. So very low and slow, and there's lots of different animals. we got whole chickens and pigs and beef, rumps and briskets, and it's going to be a proper barbecue. And uh, there's a few people coming from London. There's about 50 from London coming over, and uh, two or three of them are bringing their own barbecue. They're driving their own barbecue over from London um, to set it up as well, which is the British Barbecue Society, which is a very big thing over here as well. Um, so I'm very, very excited to cook for everyone. Um, in Dewar, and of course, all the people that are coming as well.
0: And as you said, there's lots of other things on over the course of the weekend. There's a Ready, Steady, Cook competition.
3: There is. Um, there's a lot of stuff going to be happening over the weekend. Um, on the Saturday, we, are go- we have um, our Facebook uh, page, which is the Dewar Summer Festival and Barbecue set up, um, and also we got the website set up as well. So what we're doing is we're picking a few people off of the Facebook. Um, If they take pictures of themselves uh, cooking at home and they put it on and the person with the most likes, we're going to put them through to a competition on the the Saturday, um, which they're going to be working with one of my chefs that's coming over from London. So it's going to be a fun day, um, basically, cooking. We're going to give a little goodie bag on um, the food and people are going to be creative with their dish and just come up with something very nice and simple. Um, And the winners of that then will be put on to the Sunday for the final Um, And there's going to be some amazing prizes to be given out as well um, for that competition. Um, Throughout the weekend, then we got like cooking demonstrations from myself and from barbecue Joe, Brendan O'Connor. We got music lined up all the weekend. We got the food market. We got craft market. Um, And on the Sunday then, of course, it's family day where um, all the kids that are coming are more than welcome to bake their own cake um, and line it up and we're going to have a Amazing prizes for the kids as well, and for the adults they are going to be cooking as well um, a cake if they would like, and there's uh, another prize for the the adults and that as well. And you're uh, going to be of,
0: you're going to be yeah. teaming up with your old boss Armel White to judge that, um, and Mark Doe from Just Cooking.
3: Correct, Mark Doe from um, Killarney. He runs a school back in Killarney, uh, a cookery school. So he's kindly given um a day's cooking school for the kids um and in armmel white as well for a dinner for two back in aloes, bar and bistro on the stole um so there's some there's some really good prizes, plus there's much more prizes coming in as well um over the weekend, which are lots of surprises um and throughout the weekend we'll be cooking myself and there's a guy called Santos over here that's worked for Jamie for fifteen years um and a few more chefs that are coming over. We're going to start cooking on the Friday all the way until Sunday evening. Um, we won't be sleeping. So we're, we're quite excited. And uh, it's going to be overnight cooking as well. So. It,
0: it sounds like it's going to be an amazing weekend. And I know we're looking forward to it here in best possible taste. And if people want to get more information, as you said, there's the, uh, the, the Facebook page. And then the website is com. Perfect. That
3: is it. John, uh, we,
0: we shall see you in August.
3: Thank you so much and looking forward to meeting you.
0: You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Apologies for the slip of the tongue in that interview. The London Olympics were, of course, in 2012 and not 2002, which I said. Thanks to John for correcting me. And I'm very much looking forward to heading down to Doua for the festival in August. So we're staying with the Kerry theme now, as it's time for Geraldine's report from the Kingdom.
2: Now, Geraldine O'Sullivan brings you some tasty treats from the Kingdom.
1: Anascon is a small village on the Trilly dingle Road, about 17 miles from Dingle. And Endschol are holding their annual beer fest next weekend, which is the August weekend. And I'm joined now by Tommy Pierce, who's going to tell us about it. Welcome, Tommy.
4: Hi, how are you?
1: Good. So it's a beer festival. So what types of beers are you going to have available for us?
4: Well, uh, we actually have a lot of beers from all over the world. All different types. We've got all different sorts of lagers, ales, pale ales, different types of flavoured beers as well. And we have... Um, our own locally sourced beer as well, Tom Crean's.
1: Pubs have been split up into different, we'd say regions around the world, for example, Asia and Europe and and um, the States. So they're all going to have beers from those particular countries.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's what we've done. We've got five bars in Oneskull and we've designated each bar a continent. For example, the um, festival is going to be starting in the Randy Leprechaun, who's been, who have been designated as North America. And they're going to have beer from Canada and the United States. Tokshawn in the middle of the village is going to be Europe. It's been a, a stronghold throughout the beer festival. For a number of years it's been running the uh, Polish beer lick and Jivietz have always been popular among the locals so we're keeping it that way. And we've also got an African beer which is new this year in Hannafin. There's another bar in the village called Tusker so we're all looking forward to sampling that and seeing what that's like.
1: And you have two other bars then for other regions? Yeah,
4: we've got uh, Pachines, another bar there in the middle of the village, who have beer from Central Europe. We've got um, German and Dutch beer located in Pachines. And then down in the South Pole Inn, we have Australia and New Zealand. We've got uh, Steinlager and um, an Australian beer that hasn't been confirmed yet.
1: So if you're moving from different bars throughout the... Is it the Saturday that
4: that's on? Yeah, it'll be the Saturday... Um, we're planning to start at the top of the village at around 5 o'clock in the evening we've got an official world tour beer leader who's going to be around with his bell and he's going to tell tell everyone when it's time to move down so we're kind of working it around the the various music acts that we have, it'll be kicking off there in Larendi at about 5 o'clock and then moving slowly down, there's three bars in the middle of the village so moving in between them moving down to the South Pole and then culminating in the Connor Crean Centre at the end of the evening
1: can you tell me about the other events that are on during the festival, for example, the music and the food events?
4: Yeah, yeah. the festival will actually kick off on the Friday evening where we'll be staging um, a craft beer and food event. So what we've done is we've we've outlined five different craft beers that have been kindly donated by the South Pole Inn to help us along, along the way. And we're going to be putting together food using the various local producers from around West Kerry, including... Thomas Ash's Butchers and Polly Moriarty Butchers Dingle and Jerry Kendy's Butchers and Dingle, so we think it's very important to promote the local produce when we have people coming into the village for the weekend, so we're hoping that they can have a lasting effect in them, and they'll be taking black on a skull Black pudding to every corner of Ireland with them when they leave, maybe every corner of the world.
1: yeah, it's a good opportunity to promote local produce, and there is other music gigs on then throughout the weekend, yeah.
4: The Beer Tour will be kicking off in the Randy Leprechaun on the Saturday evening when we've got some days a band from Tralee who will be kicking us off. Then we'll be moving down to the South Pole Inn. That'll be the next music at about quarter past eight. We'll have the Mercurious Wales and then the the main music act really will be in the, the Connor Crean Centre in the evening. We'll be kicking off with um, Amona, a girl from Killarney who's, who's getting quite big at the moment who entered our competition to support the, the main act and she was the lucky winner and the main act is Mundy, who I'm sure will be pretty much familiar to everyone he's a pretty big national act so we're delighted that we can get him and he's really helped headline our event Great,
1: and there's also a, an attempt at a world record can you tell us a little bit
4: about there's, that? There is indeed, yeah um, a local man and a scholar, a friend of mine uh, a teammate of mine of our local football team as well Eamon Hickson is attempting to reverse a tractor and trailer mm-hmm. From Dingle to a skull to set uh, a world record yeah so it's a, there's a few bends around that road now
1: so I'm there, sure it'd be,
4: there it'd is be fairly tricky there is indeed yeah well he's he's got a steady hand he's actually spent uh some time in new zealand as well driving tractors so he's a lot a lot of experience i'm not sure how strong his neck muscles are though it would t- definitely take a lot of a lot of strength on his part to do that but he's He's a determined man and he's confident in everything he does so we're all pretty confident that he's going to be a big success.
1: The festival is in aid of the Kerry Cancer Support this year.
4: Yeah, it is. Uh, with particular emphasis on the Kerry Cork Cancer Link Bus. So we each year for the festival we try to source important local causes. Last year we were fortunate enough to... Raise over 5,000 euros and this year we identified very early on that we wanted to do something to help support a cancer charity which is something that obviously affects um, everybody in some way so we were delighted that uh, we got the opportunity to help them so hopefully you now we can raise as much as we can along with the, um, the publicans have given us great support over the years what we do is we source the beer and we stock it in the bars and the publicans are kind enough to donate two euro from each beer sale to the, our chosen charity. Yes, and
1: there's also T-shirts and wristbands and things like that available that people can buy that will yeah. also go towards.
4: Yeah, like every, kind of every, yeah, we've all we've um, uh, various different um, different types of merchandise on sale: T-shirts and wristbands. This year we're going pink. We we change our colours every year, so this year with it being charity, we're going pink. And we also have beer vouchers on sale that entitle people to one of the festival beers in exchange for the tokens the tokens are five for twenty euro
1: and where can people buy tickets
4: tickets can be bought on our website um, through the paypal account we've set up if you just go on there to onuscallbeerfest dot um, WordPress dot com you can follow the steps there or locally we have them in the two shops in the village ashes gala and o'donnell's store and the South Pole Inn are also selling them. And on the day, we'll also be set up to sell all of the various uh, merchandise. We also have a festival pack, which um, for €50 Euro gets one t-shirt, one wristband, a set of beer vouchers and tickets to the two events. The um, craft beer and food event on the Friday night and Monday on the Saturday night. the The value of each of the items individually comes to about 70 euros so there is a good saving in there so we're hopeful that that's something that can attract people as well
1: yeah so it's it's for a very good cause anyway and you know people can buy them on the day anyway or they can just buy beers as they go along in the in the pub yeah
4: they absolutely can and we also have a raffle as well that um me and the fellow committee members have been very fortunate with um that all the people that we've gone to have we've been very very um some people have been very kind with the donations that they've given us in terms of prizes so we would have i would estimate in the region of 15 to 20 prizes in a raffle or they'll be on sale over the weekend there will be our our sellers will be busy around the place trying to sell the tickets
1: great so there's lots of opportunities for people to to make some donation towards the cancer uh, support group your website as you said is on a dot and you're also on facebook on
4: twitter we are on facebook on twitter as well yeah you can just type in on a skull beer fest and you will find us on there for there's all all the updates of everything that's going on um, there's bits and pieces that's happening with us in the media at the moment we're in various newspapers and we're putting up posts regarding the different types of beers and any information there's that's the place to find us, and on Twitter we're at Skull Beer Fest. So if you want to give us a follow on there as well to stay in touch with everything, great, that's going on.
1: That's great, Tommy. Thanks very much for joining us. Brilliant, so my pleasure. Filling us in on the M Skull Beer Fest, which is next weekend, the August Bank Holiday
4: weekend. Cheers, chin
1: chin. Salut, schleunig.
0: From Kerry to Texas now, I've been asked in the past how I find guests for the show and there are lots of sources, but one very important one is Twitter. As you know, I'm Queen of Org, which is short for organisation, and I use Twitter as a platform to let followers know what is coming up in programmes and put links in my tweet, tweets even, so that followers know how to listen online or to the podcast if they've missed the show. One person that I'm following is Rachel Gaffney, who is originally from Ireland, but now living in Dallas, Texas. When I read that Rachel was coming to Ireland, I seized the opportunity to talk to her and put a call into her whenever she was in Cork. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm you're currently in Ireland at the moment. You're here preparing for a culinary tour that you're going to lead next April. Tell us a bit about that.
5: I am, yeah. It's going to be April 2015 is the first one, and the second one is September. Those are two solid ones we're booking. Um, Basically, it all stemmed from, I I started filming a series with with a producer, actually. His name was Bob Altman. Bob was a, I met Bob because he was a supervising producer for Martha Stewart Living in the United States. And he created Martha Stewart Weddings for the Style Network. And he's an Emmy-winning producer. He's phenomenal. But he's filming a series with me, and it's called The Irish Kitchen. And it's on 52 distribution channels on the Internet. The food tour came about because as people keep watching it and contacting me and feedback, they want to know more. And so I'm taking 16 people, I say I'm taking 16, I'm, it's 15 plus myself uh, in April, and I need to make sure before we go, or before I book everything, that I have visited, stayed, eaten in every place myself first, because honestly, if I'm not staying there, I'm not putting them there, and it's really that simple, and I'm glad I've checked it out, because there's a few places I've been to that I've heard great things about. and. I will not be putting anybody there, let's put it that way. Um, or I will not be eating in the places that they told me about. But I have found so many places that are superb and places that people haven't really told me about. And that's what I wanted, you know. Um, I'll give you an example. I mean, I know that everybody knows Nevin McGuire. He, has he got to be Ireland's golden boy now, is he?
0: Absolutely.
5: I mean, I think he kind of reaches every generation, does he? Like the grannies, the great grannies, the housewives, the children. I mean... I, don't know anybody that probably couldn't like the man, could you?
0: I know, yeah, he's a, he's a real sweetheart. He is
5: a sweetheart, I love him a bit. We're going to do something with Nevin. Um, definitely one night nice and possibly two. Can't tell you for sure yet, not because it's a secret, it's because we haven't finished creating it. Remember, this package is all being created right now as we speak, so I don't want to give you all the wrong information, but... Let's just say, for example, we're going to go out and look at one of the local producers, uh, one of the duck producers in Cavan, or we might go up to their burn, you know their famous burn in Cavan? Um, we're going to do something like that so they can learn about it. And then they will do the cooking school the following day or afternoon or whatever it is and a dinner there and everything. So it's, it's their way of experiencing that. I'm going to do something with uh, Prani Rotigan, um, the Irish Seaweed Kitchen, um, and I'm actually going to have some foraging for seaweed, probably down in um, uh, Spanish Point there with, you know, Ger Talty. I just love that man. I actually went and I've sent people to him over the last four years from Dallas, including a doctor with his wife. He just did not really want to go on this particular portion of it with his wife, but felt sorry and thought he'd go along with her. And he absolutely loved it. He came back to Dallas and he's raving about all this nutritional value with seaweed and he's a converted and it's just incredible. And I love that, you know. Uh, so we'll have them out and do that. But all the logistics that have to come into play here is that I can't just say, sure, I want to go on such and such a date. No, but if the tides are in. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving him my week that I'm going. He's going to look at the tides and say, this is the day for foraging. Then I'll start building in the accommodation and the places and the driver and the route around it. and So there's just a little bit of logistics, trying to create a template right now. But those are some of the people that I've met and I'll definitely be doing something with. Um, and then we'll throw in a little bit of luxury as well where I'll probably go, although MacNean House is luxury, I stayed there and i uh, just blown away. discovered those new Irish seaweed products, uh, which I cannot find yet, by the way, Voya. I want to buy some for myself to bring back uh, because they were lovely, that seaweed product, you know. Mm-hmm. So it won't just be food. They might go foraging for seaweed, but might learn something else. Um, some exciting things that we're kind of doing along the way. Um, and then they'll all get, prior to leaving the States, they're going to get anywhere from three to five books. I don't know which ones yet. Uh, because I mentioned Nevin, let's just say they'll have a House cookbook, or they might have you know, his new cookbook, it's kind of whatever's in your cupboard in your pantry kind of book. You know, it's brilliant. But w- whatever book they get, let's say maybe one of those, they m- they'll get the Irish Seaweed Kitchen um, and some other ones.
0: Well, it sounds like it's going to be a fabulous trip. Uh, all the details, you're going to put them up onto your website whenever you have them.
5: I am. I've already started a page. It's just a little placeholder, you know, with a few details, telling them to watch the space where they can email me if they want to go on it with me. Uh, A lot of the people that are signing up are, ironically, it's going to be great. I'll have some food writers from major newspapers over there. I'm going to have a couple of executive chefs from over there. And I, I really want to have that crossover. I'm trying to link Texas to Ireland very much because we're a forgotten state. The Irish love Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia, New York. Texas is the seventh largest economy in the world. There's a lot of money in Texas.
0: Well, we give out your website uh, address again, there, Rachel, just if, in case people want to log on and get more information. It's rachelgaffneys That's
5: correct. And if I just say one more thing, Sharon, if it's not not just if they want to get more information, I'm very very receptive to people contacting me to let me know about a restaurant, a cheesemaker, a. It could be somebody who makes tea towels, or breadboards, or spatulas, or but it's it, they're they're high-end gift items now. They're not utilitarian sort of you know plastic things I'm looking for, but you know anything at all, clothing, uh, a guest house, a hidden gem. If you want me to promote them, if I need to tweet about them, put it on Facebook. I, I do that as much as I can. In fact, I think that's how you and I met, wasn't it?
0: Of course, yeah, the power okay. of Twitter. We congratulate you, Rachel, on building up the credibility of Ireland as a destination and we wish you continued success in your business and look forward to your return next year.
5: Oh, thanks a million. I really appreciate it. It's not a hard country to sell anyway.
0: Thanks for talking to me tonight. Okay, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM. Thanks again to Rachel for taking the time out of her busy schedule to take my call. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to her in person and maybe some of her delegation when they make that trip to Ireland next spring. Now, we're almost at the end of the month of July, so it's time to catch up with Helen McDade from Fulture Ireland and find out what food events are on during the month of August.
4: Cheers. Chin chin. Salut.
1: Schleiter
0: Helen, tell us what events are coming up now in August that we can look forward to.
6: Well, there's quite a selection, Sharon. I think what I'll do is I'll maybe run through some of the festivals first and then maybe talk about some of the more quirky events, maybe at different areas around the country, if that's okay. Perfect. Um, And we'll start with the August Bank Holiday Weekend, which is fast approaching. Um, And it's the Wicklow Food and Garden Festival. And I think this is actually a new one. And it's being held in Bray. And it actually sounds lovely. They're going to have a food and garden pavilion down there overlooking the seafront um, and they'll have about 40 different exhibitors in there. They have Derry Clark down doing um, demos. Uh, Catherine Fovio will be down there. Rachel Allen will be down there. But there's just lots of different things going on. And it's a very family-focused event, too. And they're doing, it'll be free entry for any any of the kids under 12. They're having an Italian street party on two of the evenings, and pop up restaurants and kids workshops. So I think that would be worth having a look at. So there's, uh, it sounds like fun.
0: And of course, that's Catherine Fulvio's neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. So the whole yeah. Italian theme and her taking part in it, I'd say oh, she's yeah. having a, a huge influence in what's happening.
6: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And but it's all kind of very casual. Do you know what I mean? And all very accessible for everybody. So uh, it actually sounds like a great, a great weekend. And then off down to Kerry for the Annaskill. Beer Fest and that's on the Saturday of the bank holiday weekend. And this is a lovely event because actually any of the proceeds they make over the weekend is actually all donated to local charities. So that's a nice one to support. Uh, we have the Carlingford Oyster Festival, is very well established on the calendar by this point. Um they have a welly oyster hunt this year, which I think sounds like fun. So they're telling you to bring your wellies, meet at the sailing club and then they'll they'll kinda of go for walks along the shore um so everybody can collect their oysters. Um, we have A Taste of Cavan, which is on the 8th and 9th of August. Okay. And again, this has been, I think this is their third year now. And they have lots of demos. They have a special kids zone. And they're also doing different discussion evenings. So they might be doing an evening on agricultural practices. They're doing another one on organic food. So There's lots of interesting pieces to it. And then the, this year, they're actually tying in the whole World War I memorial theme. As Well, so they have lots of, of themed events around that, which is, is nice because it's a wee bit different. Now, a new one for Dublin is the Big Grill Festival. So, this is actually going on, on from the 15th to the 17th of August, and it's for Herbert Park, there for up near Balls Bridge for anybody that knows Dublin. And this actually sounds really nice. It's like kind of it'll be all barbecues and smoked foods. They'll have a barbecue cook-off, it's all craft beers and ciders, and they'll have lots of music as well. So it sounds like one of those really kind of chilled out um, festivals. Hopefully now if they get the weather, it'll be a great, a great couple of days.
0: Well, of course, um, we're enjoying such fine weather at the moment. Hopefully oh, it will last for the rest of the summer because it really makes a difference whenever oh, you're going to one of these events.
6: Yeah, particularly over the right side and parks and that type of thing. Um I've just realized I'm talking a lot about craft beer today. The next one's another, the Doolin <laughs> Craft Beer Festival. Um, and that's just up uh, at the Hotel Doolin there in County Clare. And again, they're focused and they love craft beers from all over Ireland, lots of local food and lots of uh, Clare's best musicians. So that'll, that'll be a an entertaining, I, I think it's all out in a tent out the back of the hotel from what I remember um, the last weekend in August, we have another two events going on. We have the Docky Lobster Fest, so any any lobster fans out there, Docky is definitely the place to be the last weekend in August. And then the Taste of Donegal is also on that weekend. So they have uh, like a young chef competition. They have um, they have fireworks on the first night, and again, like over the weekend, they have a nice mix of kind of. The demos. They have a charter cook-off. They have entertainment going on. They have master classes going. So there's lots of different things happening. Um, the same, like kind of from the more junior cooks to the actual kind of the real serious chef chefs. There's a, a, a serious cooking competition as well. So that'll keep everybody entertained. Now that's the main festivals. Looking at uh, this, this is something else that's new, and it's the Wild Food Summer School. And that's actually taken place in Boris in County Carlo, and it's over a weekend, eighth, 9th and tenth of August. <clears throat> now you would have to book this in advance. they're kind of there's very limited places they're keeping it quite small, and it's really for people, anybody that's interested in the outdoors, botanists, environmentalists, food critics, food bloggers, anybody that's interested in the kind of and really that. Ireland's wild food and and how we can make the most of it and they have a series of different speakers over the weekend so that would actually be a great event to say that this is their first year out so I think that'll go uh, that'll go really well. Now a new series of events close to your doorstep is around Loch Derg um, and they've put together a series of events for a taste of Loch Derg and what they have they had one two three four they had Five events happening there in July and they have another five lined up for August.
0: So they're actually hosting events over the summer as opposed to having a one day, two day, three day Correct. type festival.
6: Yeah, yeah. So it's the same. So like I'll talk now about the Loch and then it's the same kind of in the Boyne Valley and the Burn do the same thing. So, yeah, they'll have four or five like kind of smaller events through the month. And they have some really good ones. Actually, this one I like. This isn't the 24th of August. But it's the Larkins Garden Party and Talent Show. So you go there for a barbecue of all local produce, but you have to set and design your own table. And then every table needs to have a party piece as well. So that's Excellent. <laughs>
0: and so that sounds fantastic. <laughs> that
6: could be a very entertaining evening all around. Um, and then they have the, the weekend after the bank holiday, the 8th, 9th, and 10th, they have a weekend of, of walks and perma, permaculture gathering. Uh, which is a new phrase on me, but it's all about workshops and country skills and basket weaving, scything, wild swimming, foraging, biodiversity and many more. So if you're you're feeling you want to be educated and pick up some skills, that's certainly the place to be.
0: Very interesting indeed.
6: So now heading up to the Boyne Valley, we have, yeah, they again, they have about six or seven events going on during um, uh, August. But one of the ones, if, you, if you're, I, I hate to mention the C word, but if you want to plan on going and having your own turkey um, for, for production for Christmas, they'll actually, they're doing workshops on that. And no way. I know. Well, I guess, you know, you have to start early. <laughs> so, um, and there's classes there and, and keeping chickens. And they have, they also have a craft beer festival there in, in Navin Town. That goes on the week of the 11th to the 17th. And actually, here's another one that, that could be interesting. If you mix this with the talent show now one, it could, it could end up in quite a raucous evening. It's in the Vanilla Pod, uh, the restaurant in Kells, and it's a tomato festival with an Irish twist because this is around the harvest time for the tomato so they're going to be looking at some um, heirloom varieties. And they're saying they can't promise there won't be a tomato fight as well.
0: Nice. Don't, don't, wear <laughs> <laughs> don't wear white. Don't wear the white linen trousers.
6: Yeah, no, I would, be, I would be very cautious in what you wear that evening. Um, and then in the Burren, there's um, some lovely things going on, they have a food safari and then a farm tour with a barbecue on the 4th of August. The uh, following Monday, they have a jazz and burn bellinis. So they'll have the Apollo Driscoll jazz trio and then little burn bellinis that are all made out of um, all local produce and, and the, the food and that from the gardens. On the Monday the 18th, you can go to Nana Ice Cream, you can go for a walk on the shore and then you can see the cows being milked, you feed the calves and then you can go and have an ice cream. Lovely. And the last one they have in August is uh, a picnic, and it's a picnic set beside the Klaneshi the Thorough. I probably haven't pronounced that correctly. So it's a fresh water, but it's tidal, and they'll provide all of, everything for the picnic and that. So, I mean, just a really nice way um, to spend a, a, a Monday afternoon if you have all the free time.
0: Absolutely, yes. That's
6: kind of like a whistle-stop tour. If you, if you wanted me to talk for half an hour, I could probably go. <laughs> but uh, I think there's plenty there to, to keep everybody uh, entertained, and it's all on our website anyway, discoverireland.ie forward slash food.
0: There's no mention of the Lama's Fair there, Helen.
6: No, I don't have the Lama's Fair in, actually. I guess because it's not primarily food, I didn't have it on my radar. Oh, that was bad now, I should have remembered that one. <laughs>
0: Well, we're hoping to do something on the Lamma's Fair now because I know there is some lovely food up there in Ballycastle in County Antrim and just for anybody that's listening that's interested, that event will be the last Monday and Tuesday in August.
6: Very good. Isn't isn't the old Lamma's Fair, I remember going there as a kid, isn't that where you get the Yellow Man Rock?
0: I'm a Devlin. I have that secret recipe. Oh, do you really? I do. I'm just waiting for the highest bidder to come on and (laughs) (laughs) I'm off to my holiday home in Florida for the rest of my life.
6: Oh, I see. I see. I remember that distinctly from being a child.
0: The Dolce and Yellow Man, yes.
6: Yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. Oh, I didn't know that you were the, the keeper of the keys.
0: I am. I am. I don't know who I'm going to hand it on to.
6: Yeah, I'd sell it and go to Florida. <laughs> <they'd like. laughs> to the right person, obviously, they have to protect the heritage. Of course. It,
0: uh. Well, you know uh, Noel McMeal from yes. uh, Fermanagh? Yeah, Fermanagh. yeah
6: he, Noel and I used to work together.
0: Well, he the, the menu that he put together for the g at conference, mm. there was Yellow Man in that. I think it was oh, Yellow was Man it? ice cream. I don't think it was really Yellow Man, though. I've oh. never met him to ask oh, him hi, a bit more about it. Oh, yeah.
6: I'll have to. I'll have to. If we chat, we do, know now, do, I know, and I friends. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell him that you were given out that you called a yellow man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know now.
0: I don't. know. I just. I would. I would be quite suspicious as to whether or not it was genuine yellow man. But I can't be sure because I didn't actually. Yeah,
6: get to, to taste I it. Was a bit of a perfectionist, so it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he if he did his research on that one. Now,
0: well, that's your mission now for the for the month, Helen. And the next time we talk to you, I'll be asking you about it.
6: Oh my goodness, okay, I need to get on to Noel.
0: (laughs) Until then, thanks so much for spreading the the news in terms of the food events taking place for the month of August and we'll catch up with you at the end of the month then to to talk about September.
6: Okay, perfect, great, talk to you then.
0: Thanks a million. Thanks, Sharon. Bye.
1: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up.
0: Delicious. Mmm. That's all we have time for this evening on The Best Possible Taste. I really enjoyed putting tonight's show together and I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed any of the programme tonight or a previous one, you'll find it all up on soundcloud.com. Just have a look for Food and Drink Show and you'll see us there. Thanks to all of tonight's guests and producer Geraldine O'Sullivan, who will be producing her final show next week when she heads off on maternity leave. What am I going to do without you, Geraldine? If anyone out there knows an editing software whiz kid like Geraldine, get in touch with me as we're looking for someone to produce the show in her absence. Drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie. Enjoy the rest of your week and until 8pm next Tuesday. Bon Appetit.